0: Anthony Richardson is going to have season ending surgery on that right shoulder. And on top of that, Grover Stewart has been suspended for the next six games of the Indianapolis Colts season. Drake, is it time for the Colts to panic? And Oh yeah. The Colts have to play the Cleveland Browns this weekend. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake... I feel like we say this all the time, man. But it's never a dull week uh, when you're when you're following this team and and covering this team like we do on a daily basis. So much to talk about this week. This week at, in today's episode, and most a lot of it's not even pertaining to this week seven matchup going up against the Browns. But how are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing really good. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about it right before we went on air. Uh, The whole Grover Stewart uh, news kind of sucks on top of a a whole bunch of other news that isn't very good. But hey, you know what? Uh, The next week always comes. And uh, the Cleveland Browns are a team that's been really grinding really hard. I mean, I think they're three and two on the season. They've had a bye and uh, they're looking to come out of that bye with a win.
0: Exactly, and and the Colts desperately need to win as well. 3-3 three and three, uh, if they want to keep in pace with the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and still have a shot at, at the AFC South crown. Uh, it has to start this weekend against the Cleveland Browns. Brandon Moses is our first qu- comment of the evening. Drive fast and eat. I'm not going to finish that. So, Brandon, good to see you, buddy. Uh, Stats Matt is just as excited that Brandon is here as we are. And then... Of the legend himself, Noah Compton, is in the chat. Noah, celebrity appearance. Exactly. I mean, Noah is, is a fantastic human being. Uh, love his Colts content. Make sure you go check that out. Camden Roberts is here. We haven't seen Camden in a while, so glad he can join us tonight. And as everybody else continues to roll in uh, this evening, I uh, want to make sure that you guys are all following us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, Follow at Colts on FN on X And subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live Whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show Still only about about 150 subscribers away from that 2000 mark So make sure you do that to help us reach our goal of 2K And if you can't catch us live or can't catch us on YouTube Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts We're on there as well So make sure you subscribe and give us a 5 Five-star review. So without further ado, we have so much to talk about tonight, Drake. Let's dive right in. And of course, we're going to start out with the big news. We kind of all saw it coming. Uh, We had heard reports that they were seriously considering it, and it was probably going to happen. Uh, But the official news did come out uh, uh, yesterday that Anthony Richardson will be having season-ending surgery on that right-throwing shoulder uh, due to the uh, sprained AC joint uh, that he suffered against the Tennessee Titans and and Drake I I think we all knew that it was coming to this but it still doesn't make the the official news uh, any easier to swallow for Colts fans
1: yeah and it's just you know the quarterback the quarterback position has been such an area of sensitivity and just such an area of you know uncertainty the past couple years And it's really, it was really nice to get a quarterback in the draft. And I think I know a lot of people were really excited about uh, watching Richardson play. And in the limited sample you got, holy cow! I mean, the guy can legitimately play, and he's farther along than I would dare say, maybe even everybody outside of the Colts organization thought. Um, but, yeah, it really sucks, you know. It sucks that it happened so early. It sucks that it had to be a shoulder. It sucks that it's got to be a couple more injuries that he's sustained. Um, but you know what? I, I do still think the sky's the limit. This is not the end of the world, and at least he's getting these things out of the way early in his career. He's still only 21 years old.
0: Right. He's still young, and and from everything that we have been been told and everything that I have heard, talking to people within the Colts organization, uh, this has been backed up from, from other reports, other outcomes outlets out there uh this is there is it's fully expected that 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 richardson will have will be 100 after this uh we'll have a full recovery we'll be the same player that he is and and then what Stephen holder uh, put out on x today in his thread is that when they are in there for the surgery they're they're able to do to a special procedure so that this doesn't happen again to kind of make that joint and make that connection even stronger so shane steichen did say that uh that he expects he's not going to put a concrete timeline on it, which that was to be expected. But there's a really good chance that Anthony Richardson is back by the time spring workouts begin for the Colts uh, in, in in OTA start to start to ramp up that off season program. So basically, what went into this decision and and it's pretty obvious. Like I, I kind of wrote this in my piece yesterday when when Shane Steichen was talking about this. It, it's been well documented that. This the reason the Colts and Anthony Richardson are are agreeing to go with surgery is because this is about his long term health. They want to make sure that that he gets healthy now and they fix the problem. Doesn't play on it to make it get worse and 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 ruin such a such a, a what looks like to be a very promising career for Anthony Richardson. And a lot of this comes from the Colts and and the mistakes that were made with Andrew Luck back in 2015 when he first injured his shoulder opted to play on it and and go for an aggressive rehab approach rather than get the surgery and and things just continued to 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 prolong where it was constant injury rehab, injury rehab until Andrew Luck fell out of the game and ultimately retired at at 29. The Colts don't want to do that. They're they're looking toward the future with Anthony Richardson. Again, it was never about 2023. This is about for years to come and making sure that 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 he stays healthy and and is able to be the franchise quarterback that the Colts see in him.
1: One hundred percent. And it also kind of something else that plays into this decision, I think, was just the expectations or lack thereof even going into this season is that, you know, you really it's all about Anthony Richardson. And it's such a quarterback driven league. You're in a conference where currently I mean, these are gunslingers out there. These are snipers that are playing quarterback. You're talking about guys like Herbert, Mahomes, Allen. I mean, you're talking about some real deadly weapons, and that's not even scratching the surface on all of them. So uh, you want to keep yourself competitive long-term, but more importantly, you want Anthony Richardson's health to be the highest priority in every, in every way. And I think that, especially given that it's his shoulder, given that it's right there, you know, it's a, it was a grade three sprain. Mm -hmm. I think that they're just really, really playing it cautious. They want him to be 100% ready. He's got an entire off season ahead after this year to just kind of learn a little bit more, grow a little bit more. And Hey, I really think he's going to have a lot of body awareness after this season's over.
0: I would agree. We have our first super chat of the evening from the CFO Patrick <laughs> Rye himself. Patrick just continually coming in hot with the support. We really do appreciate it, buddy. He says Anthony Richardson about to start throwing it like Henry Rowan after the special surgery. I, I love a rookie of the year reference. Uh especially uh, uh that, that I mean just that movie is top tier. Uh if you haven't seen it, you're you're missing out. Rookie of the year's fantastic. Love the callback there, Patrick. But yeah, I mean. I, I think it this is this is gonna be good for Anthony Richardson and, and his is his work isn't done just because he's getting the surgery does not mean that stops his development i mean he's going to continue to be in those meetings continue to be engaged continue to be out there practice continue to be involved with the game plan and he's going to going to learn throughout this you know Uh, he's going to for the people that said he should sit a year well congrats you're you're getting that where he's going to be sitting and and watching and and learning and and while it's not as good as on field live reps you're you're still getting into that it's being in that environment and that's what anthony richardson is going to going to experience so patrick thank you so much buddy for all of your support we say this every episode but it really does mean the world to us so so drake kind of moving on i mean we talked about the outlook for his recovery and everything he should be good for the spring so ultimately I think I know where you're gonna go with this, but was this the right right move or wrong move to to go after and and go for the surgery here?
1: It's not the move that anybody wanted, right? but uh it's the right move absolutely. I mean, why risk this this dude's entire future in a year where your expectations weren't even there? It, the expectations were to grow him. that was mm-hmm. it. so now, The importance of his level of importance to the organization does not change, but kind of you pivot and now you put his health at the highest priority. So he's got to stand there and learn. He doesn't you know, he's not going to be able to do it in game reps, like you said, but he's going to be fine. This is the procedure that is for the long term. Like you said, now it's preventative from now on. So the next time he lands that way, this won't happen. So I think that it was the great it was a great move to do it and get all the issues handled now so that you're not worrying about them down the road.
0: Yeah, this 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 is the right move, you know, and and I know it, it bums some Colts fans out that that Anthony Richardson isn't going to be able to complete his rookie season. But again, again, guys, we have to we have to temp we have to think about what our expectations were coming into the season for this team. It was never about 2023. That's right. The Colts are not going to be Super Bowl contenders this year. It's about 2024, 2025, and beyond. It's about getting these young guys experience. And, and seeing what you got in these. And, and even though it was a small sample size from what we've seen throughout training camp, the preseason and throughout the first quarter of the season, the Colts feel very comfortable that they finally have their guy at the quarterback position. And that's why they're being so careful with this. This is why they've reached out to, to multiple uh, doctors about this To I think it was like four or five different specialists, including some, some team doctors with, uh, uh, with various MLB teams. I know the Rangers and the Mets were mentioned by Stephen Holder today because of, of the, what, what is, what's all involved with this because Anthony Richardson is a, is a thrower. So, when you go to those extensive links for this and, and you gather that much information, this wasn't a rush decision. This is something that has been thought out and, and they've gotten as much information as they can to make the appropriate decision here. So uh, it's definitely the right move. Yeah, it, it sucks that, that we're not going to be able to to watch Anthony Richardson the rest of the year uh, and report on, on Anthony Richardson for the rest of the year. But again, it's for 2024, 2025, and and the Colts are doing this for the future so that way they don't have another, another quarterback retire in his prime. They're doing this so Anthony Richardson can be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts for 10 to 15 years down the line.
1: Yeah, and this this guy's precious cargo to the Indianapolis Colts organization, uh, both as the player and the man. I mean, he's out there signing autographs and taking pictures with fans in Jacksonville when his arm is in a sling. I mean, exactly. that's impressive that he's doing that kind of stuff. So this is a guy that's bought in. He's 100 percent involved. Steichen's got him bought in. And I think that they're bought in with each other's, uh, you know, goals in mind. So. I think, like you said, it's the right move. Think about the future here, Colts fans. And also, I know it was a rough showing, but Gardner Minshew is still the best insurance policy that money can buy in the NFL.
0: And that's that's a perfect segue, Drake, because now it's time to talk about Gardner Minshew and the rest of this Colts team and, and what they're up against this weekend uh, in Week 7, going up against the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns coming to Lucas Oil Stadium. Right now, the Colts are three-point underdogs heading into this game. So even with the Colts at home, the the, the the Vegas still thinks that the Browns have the advantage here, Drake. So it, just my, my initial thoughts on this game, when you look at, at how what the strengths of this team are, this is going to be a defensive slugfest. I think this is going to be old school football. It's going to be about running the football. It's going to be about playing good defense and, and taking care of that football as well.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, the way that the Browns do play defense is their weakness statistically is the run game, but it's still fourth in yards allowed per game. As far as passing yards, it's ridiculous. They average like 120 allowed a game. Mm-hmm. That is terrifying stuff, and and they play well as a unit. I don't think they have a whole slew of interceptions. They don't have a whole slew of fumbles forced, but what they do is they just, they just negate your passing game. They smother you, and the, the fact that they were able to take P.J. Walker for an entire game, all right, put this into perspective, everyone, undefeated 49ers lose that game. I know they missed a field goal, whatever. The Browns defense took P.J. Walker, who is sometimes a practice squad quarterback, to beat an undefeated team, and they did they made Brock Purdy completely clueless. He was under 50% completion percentage. This defense is no joke. I mean, they are the league's best against the pass. They bring it. They got Miles Garrett. Um, I, I do think that there are some some areas you could exploit. The man Minshew has to be on point, and he struggled against a an inferior defense last week.
0: Yeah, and no, let's talk. Let's talk about Gardner Minshew. I mean, Minshew has already faced the the number two ranked passing defense uh, in the league this year in the Baltimore Ravens. Now he gets a chance to go up against the top ranked passing defense in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. So I've got the, I've got it right here. Currently, the the Browns have only played five games. They've already had their bye, but on average, they're giving up 121 passing yards. A That's game. ridiculous. And, and second, the Ram, the Ravens, who are number two in the NFL. 163 so 40 yards a game difference uh that's that's just that's just something you don't really see in the NFL anymore so when we talk about Gardner Minshew obviously terrible performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars a week ago three interceptions a fumble lost four turnovers altogether, and and that's just something we haven't really seen on Gardner Minshew since he joined the Colts and and when Minshew has come in in relief for Anthony Richardson this season, so Drake, we sit here just a few days before kickoff. Do you think Gardner Minshew can bounce back against the the Cleveland Browns? And and what are you expecting out of the mustache?
1: Really wish he had the Seattle Seahawks for a bounce back game. <laughs> or just a, a a Swiss cheese type of Swiss cheese type of defense is great mm-hmm. for a bounce back game. Uh, the number one defense in the NFL against the pass. Boy, what a terrible team to face when you're trying to bounce back um no Uh, i'm being very honest here i think this is just a nightmare matchup i think that uh do the colts is Braden smith healthy he's
0: brayden smith has not practiced this week so he's still dealing with that hip injury
1: yeah, so I mean, if that that's going to be a big a big factor too is if he does play, that's going to help. I think to a, a pretty big degree. But if he doesn't, boy, it, it could be a real struggle for for Blake Freeland. Um, no, I think that they're going to snuff him out. I think that this is unfortunately you're you're going you're jumping out of the the fire and into the frying pan here. So I think Minshew's going to struggle to to find those open passing lanes, and he's not mobile, which is also going to play a factor. And I think it helps the Browns' defense.
0: We have a ten dollars super sticker from Stormy Hellbrook coming in in the clutch. Thank you so much for all of your support, and we love seeing you uh, pop in on the show when you can. Really do appreciate it, Stormy, as always. But but Drake, yeah, I think it's going to be tough, you know. And and what have we spent talking about the past this past week, really, with Gardner Minshew is you you can't really you're not going to win very many games because of Gardner Minshew, you're, you're going to win with Gardner Minshew. So it's going to be imperative for the Colts to, to get the running game going to, to alleviate pressure off of Gardner Minshew, not to not get into such a big hole like they did a week ago where it requires Gardner Minshew to throw it 55 times because the Colts are trying to get back into the game. You, you, they can't let the get, let this game get away from them. And, and I think I think it'll be a different scenario if this game can stay close throughout because you're not going to ask Gardner Minshew to throw it as much or or try to take as many as many shots down the field or try to be aggressive. Gardner Minshew is at his best when he is just taking what the defense is giving him so. That's that's what we're gonna to have to see. If Gardner Minshew is gonna play a good game, it's because the Colts are getting things going on the ground. It's because that he's not pushing and and he's taking what the defense is is giving him rather than trying to force things force things in there. So that's that's gonna be key for this Colts team. And that that kind of brings us into our next point, where I mean we talk about how this this. This Cleveland Browns defense, who is on an absolute torrid pace to to be one of the best defenses ever in, in NFL history, at, at the pace they're on, their their running defense uh, is is definitely uh, lacking behind their pass defense, Drake. They're fourth in the NFL in run defense. So uh they they need to step that up. But they're they're only giving up on average 79 rushing yards a game. The Colts played the Jacksonville Jaguars last week, obviously. They're the third best rush defense in the NFL, giving up 75 yards per game. So gonna kind of be a similar, a similar type of defense as far as against the run. So uh, kind of in the same vein how do you see Jonathan Taylor and and Zach Moss doing this week I, I in my opinion I think you can probably expect Jonathan Taylor in his third game back the carries were the, the snaps were split about 50 50 last week this could be the game where Jonathan Taylor starts taking the bulk of those those snaps at running back
1: yeah and the thing is I think that it's similar to Gardner Minshew because obviously the ground game in Minshew had a really rough outing uh, against Jack against the Jaguars I think that it's another potential out of the fire and into the frying pan type of situation. But I will say that Jonathan Taylor could be a guy that is is huge for this game if he can somehow get a couple of electrifying runs to to bust loose and this game stays close. I mean, it could turn into one of those real uh, you'd call it an ugly win. But holy cow, if the Colts can get out of this game and they can win this game, especially if Deshaun Watson starts even if he doesn't that's pretty impressive because the 49ers couldn't even get it done against PJ Walker so i think that if if Jonathan Taylor can can really really shine on just a couple of big runs i think it could really help Gardner Minshew cuz if there's no running game it's going to be really really difficult even more so than usual for Gardner Minshew to get the passing game going
0: right and this this kind of goes back to to my 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 thought earlier in that You 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 can't necessarily keep running the ball if you're if you're if you're down by 21 to 28 Mm -hmm. points you gotta you gotta throw to get back into it at that point. But if the Colts can keep this thing close and don't let the Cleveland Browns get out to a huge lead or or don't turn the ball over multiple times and and give the Browns short fields, try to keep this thing close. Then I think it's it's easier to try to work with the ground game. Try to get Jonathan Taylor going. Try to get Zach Moss going. Maybe get get some packages where both of those guys are on the field at the same time you know or or I I did like what what Shane Steichen did last week to try to get them touches by sending those guys out wide and and trying to run certain plays to get the ball in those in Jonathan Taylor's and Zach Moss get the ball in their hands in space and we saw what happened last week give it to Jonathan Taylor in space and he took it 40 yards down the field a huge gain for the Indianapolis Colts so that was almost their de facto run game at that point so I I think I think just just making sure they stay involved because as we've seen it does not take uh, it only takes one play I should say for Jonathan Taylor to hit that home run Zach Moss usually is more of the 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 grinder as far as getting maybe five yards, 10 yards, five yards, kind of moving it down the field like that. But as we saw against the Tennessee Titans, he can hit the home run as well.
1: Yeah. And that's why I I love what you said about having them both on the field at the same time. You could really have some interesting uh, defensive switches. And I mean, as a defense, that's way more to deal with than just having one of those guys in the backfield. So um, it's not as dangerous without a mobile QB, but I do think that there's got to be there's got to be an emphasis on getting the ground game going because without it, it's it's nothing against Gardner Minshew, but he is a backup. The Browns are playing another backup or excuse me, they are playing a backup quarterback here. So I think that if there's no ground game, boy, you're putting a lot of pressure on Minshew. And I know that there's a chance he could bounce back and he doesn't typically turn it over. But as we saw last week, typically it looks like when you put that kind of pressure on him to shoulder the load of the offense, it just doesn't work out too well.
0: Yeah, that's and that's why these running backs are gonna be key. And and I I you you gotta rely on some of those guys up front too to make some holes in the running game. I mean, those guys get paid too. And so far, this Colts offensive line has has shown improvement in, in 2023. But guys like Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, uh Bernard Ryman, those are the guys that need to be opening up those holes so that way the running game can be sustained and 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 take some pride in that as well. But the one guy that's on the, at the other side of the ball that we have to talk about, Miles Garrett, just an absolute monster of a human being. And I don't think that's even doing it justice. He has been on an absolute tear this season. And and in my opinion, easily, I wouldn't say easily, but in my opinion, he is the best pass rusher in the NFL. Just an absolute freak of a human being. It's almost impossible to, to – to block him one-on-one, and with this injury to Braden Smith, this hip injury he hasn't practiced the last two, two days, I'd almost be shocked if he practices tomorrow. So Drake, it's likely to be Blake Freeland, again, for the fourth straight game starting at one of the tackle spots. He'll likely get that that, that start at right tackle, and in my opinion, the Browns are probably going to do the same exact thing that the Rams did. They'll put Miles Garrett over on that side right across from Blake Freeland. Good luck.
1: Yeah, and he's had to deal with now Aaron Donald. He's had to deal, I think, with Harold Landry. He's had to deal, I think, a little bit with Justin Simmons and then Josh Allen, and now potentially Miles Garrett. Uh, you know what? If two, three years down the road, Blake Freeland is an all-pro tackle, I think that we can credit it to this ridiculous pace this kid has to start his career he's, off. He's
0: certainly been thrown Jeez. into the fire. That's That's putting it lightly.
1: I haven't seen a tackle, a rookie tackle, have to deal with such ridiculous competition so early in a fourth rounder. Hey, you know what? Uh, Miles Garrett, what? what? I mean, number one pick. He's every bit of a number one pick. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about uh, that he's the best pass rusher. Look, Freeland went against Aaron Donald. Terrifying defensive man. Okay, but as far as pure pass rusher, nobody's better than Miles Garrett. Okay, I I know Aaron Donald can ruin your offensive line. Miles Garrett will get three or four or five sacks. If you don't stop him, he'll just start piling up sacks and your quarterback's going to start throwing interceptions. So Mm -hmm. a guy that's like Minshew that can't escape this dude, it could be a really long day. So look for double teams. Look for emphasis on uh, pass blocking from Taylor, from Moss, from whoever's in the backfield, good Lord. Emphasis on getting the ball out quickly from Garrett's side. Finding out where 95 is at all times. They're going to be doing that kind of stuff. So, um, I I don't think it's easy. I think it's going to be a really big issue. Currently, he's got 5.5 sacks in five games, and he is on a ridiculous pace. I think he has like a 92 or 93 overall defensive grade per PFF, which is basically like a grade in school. That's an A. So, um, it's going to take a lot, but it can be done. But it has to be almost perfect offensive execution to not let Miles Garrett get in the backfield, especially with an immobile quarterback.
0: Shout out to my beautiful wife Danielle for her nightly super sticker as well. Ooh, a fiver, a five dollar boy. Uh, so, so really appreciate you coming in clutch with that super chat uh, as always. Appreciate all of your support, but but yeah, Drake. It, if the Colts can't contain or at least uh, put up a fight against Miles Garrett, it's gonna be a long afternoon for for this Colts offense. So, I would definitely expect Shane Steichen to keep some some tight ends either into block or at least put to chip. On on Miles Garrett, and I do want to say Blake Freeland has improved over these past three games. Yeah, and and I, I documented this this week that that Blake Freeland was actually the highest graded offensive player for the Indianapolis Colts according to Pro Football Focus against the Jacksonville Jaguars he had a, a really stellar run blocking grade so he that that could be used as well but he's going to need help going up against Miles Garrett and and it, there if 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 he doesn't get help or if he's left on an island against Miles Garrett a two to three sack game uh, from him is, is very easily attainable. So he's just that good of a player. So look for Shane Steichen to, to try to identify where 95 is on every single play. And, and for the Colts to, to really put an emphasis on, on not allowing him to wreck the game. And now let's switch gears here a little bit. Drake, we talked about this offense going up against a historic Cleveland Browns defense. Let's, the roles are a little bit reversed here. The Browns offense is not nearly as potent and dangerous as, as their defense. They've certainly had their, their quarterback issues of their own. They haven't had Deshaun Watson uh, over the past couple of weeks. He's dealing with a shoulder injury as well, but Deshaun Watson did practice today in a limited capacity. So it looks like he is trying to, to get ready to, to go this Sunday against the Colts. So, Let's let's talk about things like how how does Deshaun Watson change the dynamic of how this Colts team uh, really attacks the Browns offense?
1: Um, well, first off, look, I understand the opinions on Deshaun Watson. At the end of the day, he is a good NFL quarterback, and he's far superior to PJ Walker. So, I think that you're talking about a guy who's athletic enough to escape pass rushers. He can outrun a lot of people on defense. Um, I think that he's finding his footing still in Kevin Stefanski's, you know, in his scheme and everything. Um, But I I think that you're getting a guy who can make the throws. He's got a hell of an arm. he, He can streak together five, six, seven completions. And even though they don't have Nick Chubb, they do have um, Jerome Ford, and they also have Kareem Hunt, and they can still get a lot done in the ground game. And regardless, I, I honestly think it doesn't matter who's on the Brown, or in the Browns' backfield. It's going to lean on the run game first, which is the Colts' defense's strength. So um, that'll be really interesting. But I do think that, yeah, Deshaun Watson definitely elevates this, this offense and poses a far bigger threat than P.J. Walker.
0: I think it's very interesting because this Colts defense actually has a lot of familiarity with both of yeah. these quarterbacks. I mean, Deshaun Watson in the AFC South for, for years would, would terrorize the Colts. But you're thinking of, of the longtime stalwarts on this Colts defense, the DeForest Buckners, uh, the Shaquille Leonards, the Kenny Moores. They're they're used to Deshaun Watson and, and how he plays. So that, that gives I think that gives the Colts an advantage. And, and people forget get pj walker before he was pj walker was philip walker uh and and philip walker was was a member of the indianapolis colts right. for for quite some time so again you have these old heads on the defense that kind of know what what philip walker was was all about so the colts have a familiarity with these quarterbacks which i think plays into their roles but again both of these guys are mobile both these guys can sling it around the field. Have plenty of arm strength, and and while Deshaun Watson hasn't been playing up to up to the level of play that he he was a couple seasons ago with the Texans, he he still can can make pretty pretty amazing plays, uh, especially when the play breaks down and and out of structure. So. Again, I think I think that we're we're gonna have to really see a, a concerted effort from this defensive line. I mean, Quitty Pay was back in action last weekend, but in his is first game back. You, you hardly really saw anything out of quitty Pay. W- you need quitty Pay to step up. Sanson Abukam was, was still getting pressures on on Trevor Lawrence, got him down for a sack. That needs to be consistent. DeForest Buckner has a huge job in in front of him. He doesn't have Grover Stewart next to him, so he's gonna be attracting more more attention. But we, we need to see kind of what how, how Buckner played last week against the Jaguars being a force in the middle there. You can't just let, let Sean Watson sit back there, get comfortable, and, and pick this young secondary apart. Pressure has to be put on Deshaun Watson or PJ Walker, whoever is back there. So the Colts defense really needs to be aggressive. Try to force these quarterbacks into some mistakes and 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 get some turnovers, get some short fields for your offense. That isn't at full strength and doesn't have their starting quarterback. So hopefully we see Gus Bradley try to take uh, some more chances. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, try to play a little bit more man defense, so you can try to really send some blitzers, send some pressure uh, on this, on this, uh, on Deshaun Watson or PJ Walker, who whoever ends up playing on Sunday. But I think pressure on the quarterback is going to be key.
1: Yeah, and that's something that you didn't really see. Kind of like you mentioned outside of Samson Ebikam, you really didn't see it a lot. Uh, last week so if the Colts can get pressure on whether it's Watson or PJ Walker um, that's going to be really big because the Browns quarterbacks all of them that have played even I I believe uh, let's see who um, Dorian Thompson Robinson also Mm -hmm. I mean they uh, they have four touchdown passes as a a trio and seven interceptions thrown now Watson's contributed all four touchdowns but two of those interceptions so he will throw you some interceptions and and the offensive line has also allowed a whopping 18 sacks Okay, so if you can get you can get to whoever's behind center, I mean, this is not an offensive line that is going to intimidate a defensive front like the Indianapolis Colts, even with Grover Stewart out. And who knows who they're going to put there? It could be they've even played Taequann Lewis and who I think personally should start there is Dayu Dangbo. But that's just me. I'm not an expert, you know, Um, but I do think that they're going to be well prepared for whoever's back there. They're going to realize that this is an offensive line that does give up sacks and pressures. They're going to get after the quarterback, whoever's under center.
0: The, the, the. Cleveland Browns offensive line when they're healthy and at full strength, probably a top three unit, but Jack Conklin, the right tackle is gone for the year. Joel Batoni, uh, there, they're all pro all pro guard has, has was out last week, has not practiced so far this week. So there are, there could be some holes on, on that offensive line of the Browns that the Colts can attack. So besides Deshaun Watson, besides the quarterback, what Drake, what do you think are some of the defensive keys for the Colts? this weekend in order to really stifle this Browns offense.
1: Well, I mean, one that sticks out to me is, I mean, obviously you want to stop the ground game because that's their MO, but Amari Cooper, contain him because he has 365 or 367 receiving yards and averages 73 a game. The next closest to him are Elijah Moore, wide receiver, and David Njoku tied in with 32 receiving yards per game. So if you can keep Amari Cooper contained and force whoever's playing quarterback to go to other receivers, the Browns are not very strong with pass catchers. So if you can somehow limit that ground game and force the quarterback to go to other pass catchers outside of Amari Cooper, you could have some success.
0: Yes, that's Matt. I do realize it's Petonio. I did misspeak. Get off, get off my back wow. here, buddy. I've been speaking for thirty-five minutes. I'm I'm bound to slip up, but thanks, <laughs> thanks for thanks for catching that one. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think another big big part of this Drake is uh, I was I was speaking to. uh, uh, another one of our partners at fan nation who covers the Browns for, for Browns digest. I was speaking to him earlier today and, and he talked about with Nick Chubb out in the running game. I mean, yes, they have Kareem hunt and Jerome Ford, but their running game has not been nearly as effective, uh, with those two, as it was with Nick Chubb and, and, I mean, rightfully so. Nick Chubb, when healthy, top three running back in the NFL, up there with the likes of a Jonathan Taylor, a Christian McCaffrey, uh, a Derrick Henry. Uh, but you take Nick Chubb out of the equation, I mean, there was a reason Kareem Hunt was a free agent, uh, and and Jerome Ford was hardly getting any carries before this. So the Colts can really try to try to bottle that, that running game up. I know Grover Stewart is in there. But Zaire Franklin still leads the NFL in in tackles. We saw the best game out of the 2023 season from Shaquille Leonard uh, last week, who who told the media today, you know, he feels like he's turning a corner. He feels more like his old self than than he has since this whole injury took place. So, see, you could see a Shaq Leonard back out there uh, again, making plays in the run defense. Maybe we see his first turnover force this weekend. Who who knows? But well. I I think if you can do that and force the Browns again into one dimensional, then it's all about Amari Cooper. Uh, Amari Cooper, I think is a very underrated wide receiver in the NFL and and can still, still make very great, very phenomenal plays. He's a great route runner. So where are they going to line him up? Is it going to be on, on Juju Brents who, who, Really did a good job on Calvin Ridley last week. Uh, is is Cooper going to line up more in the slot going up against Kenny Moore? So that's that's going to be key. Is is making sure that when you have them in the third long situation, you don't allow a, a big catch to Amari Cooper to extend drive. So that, that's that's where I think you're you're going to see the Colts really focus on is trying to stop the run, make sure that this Browns team doesn't take over, and then it's how how can you contain Amari Cooper? How can you frustrate? him and not allow him to take over the game
1: yeah and he's the clear playmaker now that Nick Chubb is out for the season and like I like I mentioned with these numbers I mean if you can silence Amari Cooper you're really limiting that offensive attack because Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt are just not the six yards per carry type like Nick Chubb was before he exited the season with an injury so yeah Amari Cooper definitely underrated he's you know easily the best receiver on this team and I think that he's gonna at least make an impact in some way shape or form because he is so good you just have to limit how much he makes in that game to get the win
0: I agree all right x-factor time Drake give me one person on the Colts that you think is going to make the difference whether this Colts team goes back over 500 and is uh takes the team to four and three or whether they go below 500 and go to three and four
1: So, mine is uh, mine might kind of be like a punt situation. I'm going with Gardner Minshew. You took mine, you took mine. That's exactly who I was gonna pick. Yeah, I took yours. (laughs) Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, basically, I was caught. I just think that after such a, a bad performance, a career worst performance, when you're playing a team that is known for shutting off quarterbacks, shutting off receivers, shutting off anything that you present as far as a passing attack, I think that it's all on every quarterback that faces this defense. But when you are coming off of your worst performance of your career, you have to make some kind of statement. Unfortunately, he gets the most difficult test. But, man, I, I think that the X-Factor is Gardner Minshew, and it's it's all on him to not turn the ball over because until he does that, until he comes back with a clean game, you know, a lot of people are just anticipating with this kind of defense you're going to turn the ball over again.
0: Stats, Matt kind of took my my second pick as an X factor. So uh, Blake Freeland, uh, because slowing down Miles Garrett will be key, and and with Blake Freeland out there, you, you can expect Jim Schwartz to to want to. I mean, you look at this Colts offensive line. Blake Freeland is obviously the weak point. I mean, you know, he's a rookie; he's still trying to get his feet underneath him. Yes, he has been improving, but Aaron Donald has given him trouble. Josh Allen has has given him trouble. Uh, it's you're that's just kind of life. How it was if, for for in, in the NFL. That's how Bernard Ryman, uh kind of had to deal with it and and go through the fire last year. So Miles Garrett will probably be over Blake Freeland for a majority of the afternoon. So you're you you've got to really you've got to really think about how you're going to to really offset that or or attack that whether it's with a tight end whether it is uh, trying to run away from him whether it's using quick game to get the ball out quickly so so Miles Garrett can't can't really try to affect the game. There's multiple things that Shane Steichen could use, and I'm sure he's going through all of those scenarios as we speak because if Miles Garrett wrecks this game, this offense is going to have a, a it's going to be almost impossible for this offense to move the ball if if Miles Garrett is getting to Gardner Minshew on almost every single play. So with that being said, Drake, week seven, Colts, Browns, Lucas Oil Stadium. My guess is the roof, I'm going to make a prediction, the roof is going to be closed, uh, but who knows? Maybe we get another crisp fall afternoon uh, where the roof is open, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, like i said before probably a defensive slugfest who you got in this one colts or browns
1: you know what i my scores are too high but i'm going to go with the exact same prediction so if pj walker starts i think that it's going to be 17 to 10 colts okay if Deshaun watson starts i think it's going to be 24 to 20 colts and the oh, reason i okay. think that the colts okay. are going to win now I'm, i'll skip walker i just don't see a guy i don't see I don't see PJ walking getting back to back wins against real difficult defenses like that. But the reason I think that Deshaun Watson still won't get the win is because I do think they're banged up on the offensive line. I even with Stewart out, I think that you can still replace him against a banged up offensive line and do just fine. Nick Chubb is not the running back. I also think that like you mentioned, and I love that you said it, a lot of these guys know Deshaun Watson real well. They they played against him twice a year for like four seasons. So they know his tendencies, and they also know that he's not in an air it out offense anymore like he was with Houston where he was, you know, able to throw the ball so much. It's kind of an, it's it's the opposite. With Minshew, you want him to throw less. With Watson, you may want him to throw a little bit more. So I just think that the Colts are going to be able to track him. I think they're going to be able to really limit what their offense can do. And at times it's going to become kind of a back and forth affair, but I just think either either quarterback, I think the Colts get this one.
0: Okay. I I like the optimism and and I see a couple of predictions in the chat. Make sure if you're watching to throw your, your score predictions in the chat as well. I'm gonna go on the opposite end again. Everyone seems like they're on the Colts, but I, I just think that this Browns defense is going to be too much to handle. I do think it is going to be a close game, uh, and if you you do like betting on the Colts, which you shouldn't, because bad juju. Talking to you, Brandon Moses, uh, <laughs> you're you, you, you probably want to take the under in this game. I think it's only at like 39, but I I think it's going to be a, a low scoring matchup. Uh, and, and I think in the end, this Browns defense is just going to be a little too, a little too much for this Colts offense with, with Gardner Minshew. So I am going 17 to 13 Browns on Sunday afternoon. And, and who knows, maybe, maybe the Colts get a timely turnover. Maybe Shaq Leonard, uh, kind of turns it over at the very end. And we're talking cool. about, we're talking about 17 to 13, uh, Colts. Uh, I do think I don't think either team gets above twenty. I think it's going to be a, a very physical matchup, and whichever defense, I think whichever team, whichever offense has more turnovers, uh, that's the team that's going to lose. So you're going to whoever, whichever defense can can be more opportunistic on that. It's probably who's going to come out with the victory on Sunday. Going to be, going to be a slug fest. Uh, I think for sure. And and we'll have to see if the Colts do get back on, uh, on the, in the W column, I should say, as we get closer and closer to the midway point of the season. So let's look at the Colts injury report, Drake uh, for this weekend. And, and overall the Colts really aren't too banged up, but they're missing some key guys that are on there. So, uh, Tony Brown, backup nickel cornerback, did not practice on Wednesday to a back injury, but was full on Thursday. Good sign. Uh, Let's talk about Alec Pierce. Haven't really talked about Alec Pierce uh, in this episode. Receipt had that shoulder injury towards the end against the Jaguars. Did not practice on Wednesday, but was a limited participant on Thursday. So Colts could definitely use Alec Pierce back and, and healthy for this matchup.
1: Yeah, he struggled this season, you know, to I guess to get in sync with this offense. Um, but Amari, I think it's Amari a Rogers. They also have uh, Jawan Winfrey. I think they brought him back, didn't they, to the active roster, uh, you know, just to kind of add on depth. But, yeah, you definitely still want Alec Pierce out there because he is integral to busting loose a big run because, like I mentioned, and a lot of people haven't talked about this, dude's been blocking his ass off. He is a great downfield blocker. So if you want some big impact run plays, you really want Alec Pierce out there making some big impact blocks.
0: Exactly. So and then a couple of guys that haven't practiced so far this week, uh, Kylan Grantson still dealing with uh, with the concussion, uh, still ha- in the concussion protocol, has not practiced this week. So it doesn't look like Granson will be cleared in time uh, to go up against the Browns and then the big one braden smith braden smith dealing with that hip and wrist injury uh the hip injury is what he suffered last week in practice that kept him out of the game against the jacksonville jaguars braden smith still has not practiced this week so like we talked about it is going to probably be blake freeland at right tackle which is a uh, going up against miles garrett we already talked about it it's a really a really big uh big miss but with only four guys on the practice report the, the, the Colts seem fairly healthy going into this, obviously. Uh, no Richardson, no Grover Stewart, uh, but no Braden Smith is really going to hurt.
1: Yeah, and hey, you know what? At the end of the day, they're going to have to figure out a way as they have this entire time with Blake Fridland to accommodate for these pass rushers to help him so that he can build confidence because, hey man, at the end of the day, this could be probably the most difficult test he's going to face all season.
0: Exactly. So let's wrap up our episode tonight, Drake, with the latest Colts news and rumors because there's definitely quite a bit in in this category to talk about. We'll start about what's happening on the home front here. Obviously, the bad news that came out this week is uh, Grover's Stewart defensive tackle for the Colts was suspended six games for violating, uh, the NFL's performance enhancing drug policy, uh, it did not come out what what he tested positive for. Uh, I, I can I can tell you it wasn't uh, wasn't anything anything malicious, as Shane Steichen said. It's not like Grover Stewart was shooting up steroids or or anything. Um, it's it's something that that probably he was putting into his body uh, as either he something he ate, uh, something he he ingested, like, like maybe something with pre-workout, it's something that that just wasn't checked by by the, uh, he didn't have checked by the team in order to see if this was okay to take or not. So Grover Im- immediately went after it was announced, he owned up to it on his Instagram story and and the team it seems like the locker room and his teammates are sticking behind him. You know, they they they're, they're, they're going to be ready for him when he comes back, but I mean it's it it sucks because Drake you you've been there. We've talked to Grover Stewart before it's hard to find a nicer guy on the Indianapolis Colts than Grover Stewart. Always smiling, always gives you all the time that you need when when you need to ask him a question, gives you in-depth thoughts. Just a really nice guy, and and it sucks that it had to happen to
1: him. Yeah, I mean, hey, him and Buckner are arguably, on any given Sunday, the best defensive tackle duo that football can even present on a TV screen. So the fact that he's not in the game, I know that we've talked in the past about how – when, when Buckner's not playing, well, teams just seem to run the ball right up the middle well. Now you can kind of flip-flop it. And while you might see Buckner's better than Stewart, together they are really difficult to deal with. So when one's gone, it's a big game plan issue. So look for the Browns to attack that hole where, where Stewart won't be on Sunday.
0: And it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to really replace Grover yes. Stewart because he yeah. does so much for this Colts team, especially on those early rundowns. I mean, you can maybe put Taven Bryan out there, but Taven Bryan's more of a, a three technique guy, uh, a guy that that does better rushing the passer than than, than defending against the run. Uh, I'm I'm on board with you, Drake. If it was if it was up to me, I'd throw Dio Adangbo in there uh, at that nose tackle position. Uh, get his big body in there. Uh, gets him allows to pat to rush the passer and and we've seen Dio Dangbo be a a decent run defender as well. Uh, Eric Johnson is listed as the backup nose tackle on the depth chart for the Colts. He's an option. Taekwon Lewis is an option. Probably what we're going to see is just a rotation of guys. There's not going to be a single guy that takes all of Grover Stewart's snaps. There'll probably be a rotation of those four guys trying to fill and, and and try to replace Grover Stewart in the middle. But well, it's it's going to be a tough ask for for any or or all of those guys combined to really produce the way that Big Grove has produced over the past few seasons. Nope, Drake, you're on mute.
1: Oh my my apologies. You might see an Atatomiwa at sighting. There I mean, we go. Do, do yeah. That maybe the athletic four, what is it? A 4.4, uh, da, four point like four uh four point four second point, dash. Yeah. Four nine seconds.
0: Four like six, four something. Four the low in the mid four four or a four second bracket for that forty yard dash. He's got some speed.
1: Do you think it, like honestly, do you think that he's got an opportunity to get some snaps this time now that Stewart's suspended?
0: I, I think he does. I mean, I, I don't know if it would be at nose tackle, considering he's more of a three technique. So it, it could be coming in 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 if if Buckner needs needs a needs a break. But because I'm thinking you're going to need more of the bigger body guys for for that nose tackle position. But yeah, I, it would not surprise me at all to see Adebare, uh in there uh, uh, in the middle of that defensive line at some point.
1: Yeah. And and just to kind of wrap this up, I absolutely agree. You're not going to see one individual that's going to be taking all the Grover Stewart snaps because that isn't really possible because it's not Grover Stewart. So I think that you're going to see a nice healthy rotation. And if one guy's doing better than the others, you might see him just kind of take over some snaps from there. Right. And onto
0: our next, onto our next topic here, uh, a topic that has taken social media by storm, uh, some trade rumors involving the Indianapolis Colts. So let's, let's just give a little bit of an update. We talked about it last week about how the Colts have called about Broncos wide receiver, Jerry Judy, who is on the trade Brock and is expected to be moved before the trade deadline here in a couple of weeks. and, and, We've, we've now heard reports that, that, that from some people saying that the Colts and the Broncos have had uh, some extensive talks. Some other reporters are saying that the Colts have just called, but, but they really have the talks really haven't gone too far, but it definitely seems like the Colts are still monitoring the Jerry Judy situation and, and could possibly be in play for for bringing the the former first round pick out of Alabama into the Colts wide receiver room so I know we talked about this on the last week or so Drake but what are your thoughts on on the whole Jerry Judy situation for the Colts would you would you like for the Colts to acquire him uh would you like to for them to acquire him at 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 a very low cost kind of give me your thoughts on on just where you stand with Jerry Judy
1: well, I, I think that if Alec Pierce at this point, you, you're saying like, hey, he's, he's had a pretty good season. If Isaiah McKenzie pans out a little bit more and has produced a little bit more, I don't know if you're really talking about, you know, maybe bringing in another wide receiver that has, you know, more of a display of experience like Judy. I personally don't like it. I, I think that Jerry Judy is underwhelming. Um, but I will say that If 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 he's going to click in Shane Steichen's offense, and if Steichen can pound the table and really thinks he can do something with Jerry Judy, and he gives Anthony Richardson another weapon, I mean, if you're talking about, I mean, good lord, when he's paired with Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, and Alec Pierce, then it's a lot more enticing because you can really spread defenders when you're trying to pass the ball, and it opens up more for Anthony Richardson. So, I guess at the end of the day, if it helps Richardson. Go for it, but only if it's at a low cost. Don't give up too much because he hasn't shown you enough uh, to justify the first round selection that he's got.
0: Yeah, I think I think in my opinion it would have to be for a late day three pick, and yep. and anything else it's like you know I'll pass because the 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 Colts did or, or I'm sorry not the Colts the Broncos did pick up uh, Jerry Judy's uh, fifth fifth year option. So I, I think Jerry Judy would still be under contract next year. Wouldn't be expecting a, an extension of, of sorts, but so the Colts would have some time to evaluate it, but at the same time, uh, this this wide receiver class in this in this upcoming draft is is just so stacked with talent. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm talking about Keon Coleman, uh, Roma Donze. Uh, uh, there's there's uh, Malik Neighbors as well. If the Colts really are are wanting to add uh, another talent at, at wide receiver uh, that that can play a, a big role. I think there's going to be one available for you in this draft. You know, you don't want Jerry Judy in in the slot taking snaps away from from Josh Downs. Nope. Uh, and and he's he's just not the, the same type of wide receiver as as Alec Pierce. So maybe you split reps with those guys into various situations. You know, I mean Jerry Judy's more of a of a precise route runner on the outside. Alec Pierce is kind of the the deep ball uh, guy, the guy that can win those those jump ball situations deep down the field. So for me, if I was, if I was the, if I was Chris Ballard, I'd probably say thanks, but no thanks. I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be too interested in, in, in Jerry Judy, but I mean, if you can get him for, for a sixth round pick, I mean, sure. Go see, see, see what he's got, see what he can add to this defense. Maybe a change of scenery. He's able to turn things around. Maybe Reggie Wayne can get in his head maybe next year when he is working with Anthony Richardson. uh, Maybe you do see, see a turnaround in Jerry Judy, but I'm not giving up very much draft capital to, to bring Jerry Judy over here. And if that's the case that there might there there's a good chance that another team would give a little bit more if if they're that desperate for a wide receiver
1: yeah and kind of like you mentioned up to this point i mean he's got a high of 67 catches when he played 15 games in 2022 that's just not worth the 15th overall selection that he had so so far up to this point in his career he has kind of underwhelmed so i I, i'm right there with you hey sixth round pick go for it see what he's got
0: yeah um So we'll see. We'll see because, I mean, like I said, trade deadline is still a a couple of weeks away. I'm sure things will start to ramp up uh, once we get closer. We also thought that the Jonathan Taylor was was going to be traded uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and now now he's going to be with the Colts long term. So we'll just have to see how this all plays out. So some other news of, of some roster movement this week. The Colts did sign back wide receiver Jawan Winfrey uh, onto the active roster. But in my opinion, this is probably a, some a, a, a insurance for if Alec Pierce cannot go. Winfrey, who was on the Colts earlier this season on the practice squad, elevated a couple times. Um, so he he's back. The Colts also restored center Jack Anderson to the practice squad. He was dealing with an injury. And then some more practice squad moves. This one, right up your alley, Drake. The Colts signed uh, running back Xavier Scott, one of the guys that you were pretty high on uh, throughout training camp, and then another wide receiver, Tyree Cleveland, to the practice squad. So you think Xavier Scott's going to have a chance to be uh, eventually elevated to the active roster?
1: I think that there's a chance only because Evan Hall is on IR uh, I, I think that if if somehow maybe, you know, knock on wood, no offense to to, to Scott, but if Moss or Taylor tweak an injury or something or are out for more than a couple games, you might see Xavier Scott elevated in that regard. But I think he's a practice squad guy, if not.
0: I I agree. Colts also released wide receiver, racy McMath wide receiver, Anthony Miller, the former bear who didn't really spend too much time with the Colts and guard Dakota Shepley from the practice squad. So I know we've talked for almost an hour on here, Drake, but I've got one more question before we get out of here. And it's right in the title of our episode with everything going on with the Colts, Anthony Richardson, season ending surgery, Grover Stewart suspended, Everything that happened in in that blowout loss to the Jags last week, is it time to panic for the Indianapolis Colts?
1: Not at all. It was Gardner Minshew's first really terrible performance with turnovers. I think that people need to settle down. I think that there's been plenty of quarterbacks who have had season-ending injuries. I'll even go to a lower extremity injury like Joe Burrow. I I, even I was one of those guys. It's like, let's hope he can recover from this back to back AFC championship uh, appearances and a Super Bowl appearance almost won the championship. So I just be patient with Anthony, Anthony Richardson's recovery. It sucks. But hey, Gardner midshoes, the best policy you can have for a quarterback backup. And I think that he gives the Colts the best chance in this moment to win. So it's not time to panic. It sucks. But just remember, this was all for down the road anyway, when they drafted all of these young guys in the draft this year.
0: You got to remember people, it was never about 2023. This whole year was about elevating or I'm sorry, evaluating the young guys and and seeing where this team was, who are going to be the building blocks for this team with those young guys moving forward. And and that's what this season is still all about. Like I said before week 1, if the Colts can get 7 or 8 wins this season, I'd be ecstatic because that is what that means this team is heading in the right direction you you have your answer on Anthony Richardson he's going to be the guy for this franchise for for years to come yes he's hurt and that really really sucks but the surgery it it seems it's the it is the right move for for this team uh and for Anthony Richardson for the long term so what do we have to look forward to the rest of the season I mean, the Colts are still 500. They could still sneak into the playoffs if this team uh, really overachieves. But at the same time, it's still about the young guys. It's still about watching Juju Brents develop, Josh Downs, Blake Freeland, uh, Nick Cross, uh, Bernard Ryman, Jelani Woods, Alec Pierce. Then you talk about uh, Michael Pittman. Uh, if he is, he's going to be here long term, you're talking about all these other young guys too that, that that need you to get this valuable experience and and just continue to improve. That's what we need to watch this season. No, it isn't time to panic for the Indianapolis Colts. There's still a long ways to go. A lot of football left to be played. And as we've already seen, Shane Steichen's group isn't going to throw in the towel until the final whistle in week 18. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really really appreciate everybody tuning in and 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 supporting us this evening. Love talking Colts with all of our loyal supporters. Want to give a special shout out to our super chats for the evening, Patrick the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Stormy hellbrook and my beautiful wife Danielle. Thank you all so much for your super chats and all of your support. And if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live whenever Shad goes live with the saddle up show so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review there as well we have been cranking out content on horseshoehuddle.com this week with all the colts news so drake what can the people go check out that you've written this week
1: so uh just rapid fire here grover's suspension and the impact that's going to have on the defense the best and worst case scenarios for the offense without anthony richardson and the three things and the three things that the offense must do to beat the Browns, and then I'm going to have what the defense must do to beat the Browns coming soon
0: so much to catch up on so definitely go read those pieces by drake patrick with our final super chat of the evening says for the open bar diapers (laughs) and mrs moore's next road trip the just just uh, he's the he's basically funding our entire lives really is at this point thank you so much patrick for all of your support (laughs) buddy it's 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 a quite a joy to to talk with you and talk colts with you every single monday and thursday uh for myself a lot of stuff out there on HorseshoeHuddle.com as well. Looked at the top five graded Colts from the loss to the Jaguars. Uh, pretty interesting stuff in there as far as who were the top graded Colts, so check that out. Obviously, uh, talking about Anthony Richardson and, and Grover Stewart and, and their news. Uh, but I also have a piece out about Shane Steichen uh, and and how he kind of took – or. or kind of looked back and and unveiled the curtain a little bit, or look behind the curtain, I think is the right term for that one, on what went into the decision with Anthony Richardson, uh, uh, who they all went out and, and talked to, and, and where Anthony Richardson is kind of, where his head's at in this point, so really did a deep dive into that, uh, and then check out, we'll be on the lookout for tomorrow, a piece on what DeForest Buckner Shaquille Leonard and Zaire Franklin all had to say about the Grover Stewart news and how the Colts uh, are going to be able to deal without Grover Stewart for the next six games. So make sure you check all of that out, as well as all the other great writing uh, from our colleagues at HorseshoeHuddle.com. Go follow Drake at D. Drake. You can follow myself at Andrew Moore NFL. And we will be back Monday night to give you all the latest from, Colts, uh, from the Colts Nation and break down the Colts game against the Cleveland Browns should be a good one. So, everybody, enjoy your weekend, and we'll be seeing you Monday night.